Do you think that William Elizabeth is listening to this episode or no? <laughs> I'll do you one better. Is Paul yeah. wearing that blazer? <laughs> Paul's blazer makes me squeaky like you. Why can't they change the name of their podcast to William Elizabeth and Blazer Holes Murder Squad? <laughs> Before you get to the episode, if you want more Jillian and me, there's over 150 full bonus episodes to download a binge right the second on the Patreon. Yeah, all the, the, I keep calling them long, long form. Long. I keep calling them long form, like an improv thing. But it's like, you know, making a murderer, I'll be gone in the dark, don't F with cats, uh, the jinx, the vow. Fear city. Yeah, all the ones that are like multi-parters. I keep saying, if you want more of our take on William Elizabeth, listen to our I'll be gone in the dark coverage. (laughs) She's there too. But a different side of her like i said in the first the first round of this one there are two two different sides of william elizabeth very different billy we love you (laughs) um you guys also don't forget we're adding an episode a week to the regular feed now through christmas and we're doing unsolved mysteries girl right so every thursday and you do nothing listeners at home you do absolutely nothing it's going to be in this feed it's not on lady pates it's just something extra we wanted to do for spooky slash winter seasons i love unsolved mysteries so much like every episode I'm like just totally freaking out about how much I love it and it is just so well done so many winks to the original series we're I like know. we're both nostalgic and also like right in our wheelhouse it's a whole lot it's a whole lot so <laughs> I, I hope you guys are enjoying it too because we're having one hell of a time making it for you alright girl this is part two of our coverage of Death at the Mansion we always say if you haven't listened to our part one go listen to it so you're not you're not you're not starting in the middle girl right because we're doing three and four right now and one and two are on our first episode of this. Yes. Right? Okay. I feel like every time we try to explain it, we make it more confusing. It's really not that difficult, and I feel right. like we make it more difficult than it needs to be. Travel down the road and back again. Girl, it's our family, you guys. Article is back. I am obsessed with Article. Girl, you've been doing a ton of shopping on Article. Tell the people everything. Yes, so Mike and I are moving and we need some stuff because we're going from a 400 square foot apartment to not that. So (laughs) I needed something to go in our new living room that goes with the Article couch I love, the blue one. Yeah. I got these awesome like mid-century wingback cool gray chairs for like a sitting area in our living room. I'm so excited. As soon as we got the apartment, I was like, okay, article.com. And Mike's like, we haven't signed anything yet. I was like, I don't care. We're going to Article to furnish this place. You guys, the whole thing about Article is that it's that cool, sleek, mid-century modern furniture that you can actually afford because it's all online, so they cut out the middleman of having like a store and a showroom and all of that. Both you and I have not only decorated our homes in all of Article furniture, but also our office. And it's so funny because I was watching Mad Men again, like I do, and I it's so funny because it's so authentically <laughs> mid-century too. I know! When they scan the offices, like the couch in Don's office, you can have that couch from Article. They also offer fast and affordable shipping across the USA and Canada and it's free on orders over $999. It's funny because we also just moved and we were having the movers move our couch and we got compliments on our article couch that we got literally like three years ago. You guys, this stuff holds up. I know, I'm sitting on it. <laughs> Even through the FaceTime, you can tell. We love Article. We always have, you guys. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Go to article.com slash TCO and the discount will automatically be applied at checkout. That's article.com slash TCO to get 50 bucks off your first purchase of $100 or more and you can have like an office or a bedroom like mine and or Jillian's. Yes. Isn't that the dream, honestly? Isn't that why we're all here? Yeah, we can all sleep in the same bed but like in different houses. Yes, the way I like it. (laughs) 
<laughs> so we get the whole previously on. Was Rebecca's death a homicide? The answer is no, it was a suicide. Whatever we find, we're going to take to the sheriffs. We figured, okay, we know what this is. Suicide is one way to regain your family's sense of honor. But being naked, that is very shameful, so it's a bit befuddling. Rebecca had hung herself. When I heard that this woman was hanging naked from a balcony outside with her hands tied behind her back, her feet bound together, and a gag in her mouth, and they were saying that this was a suicide? Are, are you kidding? There's just no way. The woman screamed. She was screaming, no up. help me, help me. Someone did this to her. She's either died by suicide or it's been a murder. Jillian and I, and according to Billy Jensen, everybody on the internet think it was a murder. <laughs> and Lonnie Coombs and Paul Holes and, right. and and the list goes on. And secretly William Elizabeth also thinks it's a murder. One zillion percent. <laughs> so just spoiler alert. If anybody murdered murdered Rebecca, it was most likely Adam. I can't say their last name. Shacknai? It says Adam the brother. He's Jonah is Rebecca's boyfriend, right? Yes. So his brother, if you remember, is the one who not only was the last person to see Rebecca, but also the one who found her body. And is also... Oh, a tugboat captain. <laughs> Which, again... Let's forget, you guys. I will repeat, if you are a tugboat captain, if you come from a family of tugboat captains, if, that, if being a tugboat captain is your passion... Yes! Amazing. Totally, totally valid. I love it. If you are Adam, this guy, I don't yeah, like you. Right, so <laughs> so it's no shade to the tugboat captainness. Right. That's all wonderful. I really hope that somewhere there is someone on a tugboat being a yes. captain of that tugboat listening to our podcast. <laughs> and if that is you, we love you wholeheartedly. If you are Adam, we don't feel that way. No. And so remember, Adam is also the person who found Rebecca's body. So it opens with the 911 call. It's 6.48 a.m. Emergency. What are you reporting? Yeah, uh, I, I got a girl hung herself in the guest house of uh, it's on Ocean Boulevard across from the hotel, same place that you came and got the kid yesterday. And we we learn that uh, this was hard for me to hear. Yeah, police arrive on the scene and find Adam trying to give CPR to Rebecca, though it is clear that rigor mortis had already set in. Like, right. she, it, she was clearly dead. And again, we talked about this in the first episode. Like, there's already, the the minute Adam calls 911, he's, he's talking about a suicide. And I don't like his wording. I don't like his tone. He goes, yeah. I got a girl. I got a I girl. Know. That's your, like, basically sister-in-law. What yes. are you talking about? And I got a girl. She hung herself. Immediately, this is the narrative that Adam and then his brother, Jonah, are going to be saying to the cops. So Lonnie is saying, if Rebecca was murdered, who would have had the motivation to do it? So we're going to go through this quickly. We're going to go all back through the list of people who were around. I know. It's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> we're doing it again. We did this to you the first episode. I and I promised you we wouldn't do it again, but I forgot about how I, episode three starts. I'm sorry about well, that. Well, it's kind of important because I get to say Nina and Dina again, which I don't want to lose that opportunity. <laughs> no, please. So we're reminded, Adam, he was the only one who was there that night, staying in the guest house. He was the only other person on the compound that night. Then there's Dina, Max's mother and the ex-wife. She and Rebecca did not have a good relationship. She and Rebecca had a tempestuous relationship, shall we say. Dina has a twin named Nina. Hey, Nina and Dina. Nina came by the house the night of Rebecca's death. She had texted Rebecca and said, hey, 
Are you still up? I want to talk. She says she came over. The question is, did she go inside? She says she didn't. So these are the people who were around who, if Rebecca was murdered, could have been the murderers. And they're all in town because two days earlier, Max, Jonah's son, had a tragic accident. That's why everyone, like, flew into town. Yeah, the fact that this all happened at the same time is crazy. Right. You know what's crazier? We're back with Sean Elder, the curmudgeon journalist who I kind of love. Um, we're back with him, like in his home at eight o'clock in the morning because Lonnie and William Elizabeth go to visit him. And he, he's making them breakfast. He's making them scrambled eggs. I know. And do you real? Do you notice that Billy and Lonnie aren't touching any of it? They're in their show clothes. They're in totally. their their opening night clothes. They can't eat with that. But Sean, who's mad at everyone, which you know I super relate to, he's like looking down, he's making the scrambled eggs, he has the granola and like the fruit and the yogurt and whatever. A very nice kitchen, by the way. Great open kitchen, a nice little island, yeah. very, very nice. Totally. But they're asking him, and you know that Lonnie's like, I thought this was going to be a sit-down interview. Like, I didn't know that he'd be making us breakfast that we'd have to nicely decline. <laughs> Just sort of like push the food around with the fork as they do in sitcoms. But in editing, that's a nightmare in editing. It's the sound, all of it. Like I, I, I'm Lonnie's Lonnie girl. I see you, and I also feel seen in this moment. Because remember, Sean's been like investigating this case for years and years. Yes. So they yes. ask him like, "Who's this Jonah guy? The boyfriend? Like, what's the deal?" And Sean's like, "So glad you asked, and also so glad it's seven in the morning because this story's going to go on till seven p.m." He is a self-made man. Uh, very wealthy. He started in politics, mm-hmm. I think because of the power. Mm-hmm. And I think he rapidly figured out that uh, there isn't a lot of money there. And he got interested in the cosmeceutical industry and became more obsessed with wealth. But I think with that comes a certain amount of leverage and power. Mm-hmm. And I believe that is a big part of what drives him. Jonah, he is a billionaire. He's like a pharmaceutical guy. He like invented or marketed some sort of Botox alternative. Lonnie's like, tell me more. And then- <laughs> Lonnie, uh, you don't need it, girl. No. Moisturize. I'm, That's it. That's the secret. Moisturize. <laughs> and sunscreen. And we also learn that Jonah, dickhead that he is, is probably not the killer. He has a solid alibi. He was at the hospital the whole night. Being a good dad, good for you. You're at your son's side, as you should be. And this is verified through security tapes, which we see. But then we learn- that like, Jonah, you're just the fucking worst. He's at the hospital. His son is in really bad shape. The son is going to die imminently. Yeah. And then two days later, his girlfriend of two years dies. And then within the week, Jonah is down at the police station trying to get them to like wrap it up to get the, the story out of the papers. Right. And he's talking about, he was like, my stock prices are really plummeting. Like he doesn't, Holy he, he doesn't shit. care at all. Anything else? Yeah, you can do me a favor. Our general counsel, through people that he knows in San Diego, have approached both the sheriff and the DA to get you guys to make some sort of statement that I'm not a suspect. Because our stock has been depressed out of some concern that somehow I'm involved in this. We can't publicly say that no one is a suspect. If you can do something, I'd appreciate it. I will talk to my parents. He doesn't care in this moment, I'm saying it, about his son either, if he's really concerned about the stock options and all this shit. Yeah, yeah. So... There's this weird thing where I don't really know why they did this, but like Billy is telling us... Sheriff Gore is not going to speak with us, but if you can't talk to the guy, you can talk to his rival. Billy wants that on a mug so bad. (laughs) 
<laughs> Billy, I'm getting you that mug, girl. <laughs> yeah. But he, like, we go and have a sit down with the guy who ran against the sheriff who determined this a suicide. But we're getting like the loser guy's like take on what happened. I do think, all, all jokes aside, I think it's a great tactic. Like, Billy's right. If you can't talk to him, I'll talk to the guy who will talk, and that's your enemy. So it's almost a way to say, Sheriff, if you talk, great, yeah. because your your rival is going to write the narrative here. But so that's what I'm saying. Like, this is my issue with, like, all of these cases that we cover yeah. like this, is that, like, we're not really getting the investigative material. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? No. Billy, I'll follow you into hell, girl. I'll watch a, docu- <laughs> I'll watch a nine-part documentary about you. I don't care. I'll sit with you all day long. I'm just saying, like, I don't know that we're going to crack it talking to the guy who lost to the sheriff. And especially because his name is Dave Myers and like we're here with him and it's like Lonnie and Billy who just like didn't eat that big breakfast totally. and they're with him and Lonnie's like this is kind of what I was anticipating more just like good lighting and like not a cooking situation and Dave like can't say anything because right. he's like and even at one point Lonnie's like I feel like you're being really careful with your words and he's like I am. How many people inside the San Diego Sheriff's Homicide Squad do you think believe that this case should be reopened, but they can't say anything? 50% of the unit would have absolutely no problem reopening it. No problem, meaning they think it's a good thing to do, they think it should be done? They think it's the right thing to do. So, they're, and I'll just leave it at that, because uh, I don't want to say too much more. You're being very mindful. And it's like, are we back to the woman, to Dr. Laura, who's like, I'm going to be a real straight shooter. I have no information for you. Like, it's just on and on. And somewhere Paul Holes is like, did you say four episodes of this? I know. It's four? Okay. Because I have, he's ready to do his, in conclusion, his arm is halfway up. And they're like, Paul, not now, girl. And he's like, not, okay. So remember how Jonah in the last episode was like, oh, so Rebecca, it was a suicide, but it was like an honor. It was like an Asian, specifically Asian honor suicide. Yeah. Now we get audio of Jonah who, because there's a little bit more heat on him now. Now he's like, remember Dina, his ex-wife? You guys, he's throwing Dina right under that bus. And he's trying to play coy about it. And you hear him. He's like, well, I guess I have some stuff. I guess I should just say it, right? Like, should I just spill that tea? I'm not looking to hang Dina after she's just suffered an unimaginable loss. I've been like, I guess I should just spill it out, right? But she had one reaction when she sort of heard about this. She was almost giddy. Rebecca dead. He's like, she was, I hate to say it, she was giddy. Downright giddy to hear that Rebecca was dead. And then and then we just get the on-screen text that says, Dina declined to be interviewed for this <laughs> of documentary. Of course she did. Of course she did. Jonah describes the relationship between Dina and Rebecca as on the edge of civil. I was like, oh shit. Oh, Somebody shit. had that in the chamber. <laughs> like, oh my God. And the thing is, we don't hear, it's so annoying that we don't hear the women describe their relationship. Totally. It's just being described by these dudes. And also like total hard right turn yeah if, if, if we can yes you know who else is in town nina dina's twin no you guys i know there's so many names don't worry about it just get <laughs> hammered so we're back to like the night that max goes to the hospital right and nina flies in to be with her sister dina who's max's mom and rebecca not suicidal rebecca rebecca who's like running around taking care of everybody rebecca is tasked with going to the airport to pick up nina the sister of the wife who hates her and she just does it 
And now we get uh, me. Steve, I'm not doing that, girl. <laughs> no. I'm not doing that. If and this ever comes down to it and I've got to go pick up your siblings who hate me for whatever reason. Are you kidding me, girl? I, and <laughs> I, I almost want to say I'll do it, but no, I'm going to be with you at the bar <laughs> totally. when they're coming in town. And for what? And why are they even here? I know. Now that we're talking about <laughs> Oh, I love his siblings. Know, you guys I'm are sorry. welcome anytime. But if you turn on me, Chris, Ben, <laughs> Katie, if you guys turn on me, I'm not picking your asses up at the airport. That's all. I'm sure you're lovely, but we're a team here. So, we're I, totally. you know, we're going to be at the bar <laughs> drinking Marks. Just totally. saying. <laughs> but we get, it's fascinating. We get Nina's audio with the cops. Yeah. And she walks us through this whole story. She's like, you know, Rebecca picked me up from the airport. Again, my sister hates her. Right. Her stepson, who she loves, is in the hospital, but she picked me up at the airport and of course in nina's own telling of it it becomes a fucking interrogation in the car in one minute she started to drive and i said rebecca what on earth happened and she said oh we don't know and i said okay well where was where did where did he fall from and she said by the bedroom and i said okay i go but the chandelier is like that doesn't make any sense about that and then she just stopped talking about it she wouldn't give him any more information. Nina asks this thing, the thing that we can't get over. She was like, girl, tell me about that that broken chandelier on the ground. Right. Like, what, like, what is that all about? What's going on? And according to Nina, Rebecca didn't have an answer. And, like, I'd like to know about the chandelier, too. Like, how did this yeah. fucking chandelier end up on the ground? It's just bananas. Like, out of the fixture of yeah. the wall that's over the banister. Like, I've never had a big chandelier like that. <laughs> I'm sure. That shocks me. Barbara seems like a chandelier lady. I'm surprised you guys have never had she one. She has, like, one old-timey, like, <laughs> chandelier but it's nowhere near a banister um but to me i always think like it's about to fall it's gonna fall right, right? oh it's gonna god fall. like it's that totally moment in clue where the, it falls behind him it's the best one plus one plus two plus one um one plus two plus one plus one i'm not shouting anyway um but to me it's like i've been counting the seconds until that thing just like comes yes. out of the ceiling <laughs> like, yes yeah yeah it could it be could it be that the timing was such that what, that, that, like, the chandelier just, like, popped out of the ceiling at the exact moment that Max fell over the banister? I don't know. Like, maybe who the bad. Who the hell knows? I'm not an architect. I'm not the who one on trial here. Jonah should be. <laughs> Travel down the road back again. Girl, third love is back. I'm so excited to talk about third love because I've always, all my life, known women who have had a hard time finding the right size or the right fitting bra. You guys, third love is here to solve that problem. They know that there is a perfect fitting bra for everybody. And the thing is, when you hear this, you're like, oh, well, they're like 90 bucks a piece, right? Right. No, they're not. They start at $45 so you can find your new favorite bra with high quality and comfortable styles for only 45 bucks. Hey, can we talk about the Fit Finder quiz for seven hours? You know, if we didn't, I'd be really upset. Well, remember when I took it because I was like, I want to understand better like what sorts of issues women run into with bras. So I took the Fit Finder quiz. Yeah, well, they ask you about like little things. Like for me, it's always one strap falling off my shoulder. Oh, right, right. And I didn't think anyone cared about that until I took the Fit Finder quiz. And they're like, no, we know that's a thing. We totally get it. We know why. Here's the bra you should wear instead. Wait, don't the hooks also dig into your back because being a woman isn't already hard enough? Yeah, not at their love, though. I don't know what bras you've been wearing, girl, but not with their love. That's what I mean. Like before you took the Fit Finder quiz, that was like another issue, I feel like. Yeah, and also, I never was into the underwire of it all. Oh, yeah. That's super outdated, but everything is comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> 
here's the thing. Third Love donates all of their gently used return bras to women in need, and they support charities in their local San Francisco Bay Area and across these United States. Hey, tell them what they do if you get a bra and it's not exactly the right thing. What happens? Then they'll say, okay, answer some more questions. What was the issue? And then, because you have to live in it a little bit, you know? Totally. Tell the people how they get it, girl. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now, they're offering the TCO listeners 10% off your very first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash TCO now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 10% off your first purchase. Yeah, that's thirdlove.com slash TCO for 10% off today. You're going to feel great. You guys, it's third love is my first love. Don't make me say it again. My God. But you have to say it every time. But I have to say it every time. So we get this whole story about how, like, Nina and Dina could have been at the house the night of the murder. There's a weird witness. We don't really know. But, like, there's enough evidence that Mary, Rebecca's sister, decides she's going to file a civil suit. Her sister's death has been declared a suicide. There's never going to be any criminal prosecution. And Mary doesn't buy it. She knows her sister was murdered. She finds a lawyer by the name of Keith Greer who takes the case. He is the kind of attorney who takes up lost causes and he is on the side of the innocent victim. He believes that justice was not served in this case and that he had an opportunity to do the right thing. Right now, Lonnie and Billy are going to meet with Keith to, like, find out what happened. And this scene is so bizarre. They go to Keith's office, and Lonnie, who's, like, five foot two, walks in. And Billy, who's literally, like, seven feet tall, like, <laughs> yes. like Keith doesn't see him. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, Billy! He's like, oh! <laughs> like, he, like, Billy just sort of appears, like, behind the lamp. Knock, knock. Hey, Keith. Well, Lonnie. How are you? Nice to see you. Good to see you. Hey, Keith. Good seeing you. Really? Stuck in right behind her. (laughs) I can understand you missing me. It's very unsettling. I'm like, I'm already unsettled. (laughs) So on the night that she died, Rebecca goes home from the hospital. She's home at like 1030. So remember that like the brother, Adam, is staying at the house. And there's witnesses, apparently, that put Dina and Nina at the house. So Keith's whole case is that Dina and Nina went to the house to confront Rebecca and they got into some kind of fight. Rebecca like screams. Remember that lady, Marsha? She heard the screaming. Help, help, help. Silence. And she said, oh, it's okay. Right. Don't worry about it. So then, you know, Adam, the brother, is awoken by the commotion, comes into the scene and apparently all three of them decide they're going to murder Rebecca. That's Keith's idea. Girl, let me tell you, you nailed that. I That is like six of my know I'm scrolling I'm like where the hell what what are we doing girl thank you for that holy (laughs) shit did you carry that those last two minutes Jesus Christ Uh, I can't think of any better motive for a mother than you're killing her only child Rebecca was going out with her ex-husband had in her mind been responsible for Max's death and so the one with the biggest motive was Dina so that's what he charges in the civil suit. Not only has he, like, is this the charge? It's all over the media. Like, it's everywhere. I know. But then, you guys, I don't There's know. There's a twist. Dina was at the hospital all night, you guys. And I don't know how this went so far. Yes. Without Keith, the lawyer, getting the security tapes from the hospital. Right. Because someday he gets the security tapes. Dina, bigger day, looking straight up at the cameras. Walking in and out of the hospital about every 20, 30 minutes throughout that evening. Oh, throughout the evening. Throughout the evening. Not just once. Oh, many times. 
He's like, she's on those tapes every five, 10 minutes, you guys. I'm doing the Italian hands. So he he goes, okay, well, uh, I have an apology to make. Which is like, just so crazy. So this is where this lawyer, who I think we're supposed to think is a good guy, goes to Garbage Town for me. 100%. The mayor of Garbage Town. He accused these women of murder. It was on every news show in California. And now just like a, a simple apology is going to make it all better? But everything is so public. Like he's, it's like, Michael Scott saying like, you know, if the press wants a story, we will give them a story. And Jim's like, did the press ask for a story? Because now he has to do this public apology. But here's the thing. Nina and Dina go along with it. I cannot believe that Dina didn't sue the living shit out of this guy. We see them at what looks like a banquet where he stands up and apologizes. (laughs) Our theory that they were involved in the case, our initial theory was just flat out wrong. I want to take this opportunity to express uh, a real heartfelt apology to Dina and Nina, and I just want to make sure that they know that um, I do feel badly for that and hope we can work through this and get on with the task at hand, which is to find who murdered Rebecca Zahau. Nina and Dina are sitting at the table next to him. He makes a public apology and they're all best friends. And I'm like, who is tuning into this? What channel is it on? Like, where? Like, what is happening? It doesn't make any sense. And everyone feels great about it. Yeah. Everyone's like, awesome, let's move on. But Keith is like, ha 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 ha. Well, now, now I know exactly what happened. I thought I knew exactly what happened then. I didn't, did the public apology. Right. But now I totally know what happened. That pulls Dina and Nina out of it. And all of a sudden, boom. Adam did it alone. Keith decides that Adam, the brother of Jonah, is the murderer. Now, I don't want to go to jail for this, but like if she if Rebecca was murdered, that is the most likely scenario. Of course it is. And we didn't have to go through accusing other people of murder to get there. Or four episodes of this oxygen. Because Lonnie says in episode one, Lonnie's like, you know that they always go to like the family first, exactly. right? It's always the husband or the boyfriend or the lover or whoever. And so it took us four episodes to get to this point. One lawyer apologizing at a banquet on public access, seemingly, to to Nina and Dina. And suddenly it's Adam acted alone. So by the time we get here, no one believes Keith. But I'm like, I think Adam probably acted alone. Wait, I cannot believe we haven't done a wallpaper in the downstairs bath routine with Nina and Dina. You know that Nina and Dina are so wallpaper in the downstairs bath kind of gals. You know that, right? But they're real pieces of work. And it feels like, oh, my God, you know that Rebecca didn't even say anything about those towels. She keeps calling them pink and they are coral. It's like I showed I even I showed her the swatches and she was like, oh, that's a nice color pink. And I'm like, pink. So now Adam is the primary suspect in the murder, according to Keith. And that's what he's going forward with with the trial. So we hear this interview with Adam, the brother, the potential killer. Right. I'm assuming he's talking to the cops. He says the night that Rebecca died, Rebecca and he got back to the house around seven or eight. And like he weirdly thought they were going to like hang out. But she goes inside and like doesn't want to hang out. So he goes to the guest house and like goes to sleep or whatever. The next morning he gets up and he, he like wants to make coffee and his story is that he was going to go look into the window of the main house to see if anybody was awake so he could go in but en route was when he sees dead Rebecca hanging from the rope right there in my you know line of vision was her you know hanging I went in the house I got a knife to cut her with to cut her, cut her down with 
and I started it, you know, before I called 911 or as I called, you know, I just did the compressions. So we're hearing more of the 911 call now, and we hear him, we hear him sounding really frantic. Like, this yeah. is when I thought, this 911 call sounds believable to me. Like, to even say this is so, is such a mindfuck. I know you hate that term, yeah. but it is. Yeah, I don't mind when you, when you say it. I don't like when Bonnie says it in the vow. But I don't she mind. says head fuck. <laughs> yeah. It's different. There's For some reason, it's, it's like, I don't know why it's different, and you know I'm Team Bonnie 100 million percent, but it's, it sounds different. But he, he's like, the same place you got the kid yesterday. Yes. Same place that you came and got the kid yesterday. Okay, is she yeah. still alive? I don't know. Sir, are you there? Are you alive? There's like this one moment where the 911 call operator says to him, is she still alive? He screams at Rebecca, are you alive? Yeah, I hated that as he's doing CPR on someone who's very obviously dead. I know, but like it it sounds like he doesn't know. Like it doesn't sound like the voice of a murderer faking it is all I'm saying. No, I know that's ridiculous. I know that means Uh nothing. But like he sounds believably frantic to me. He sounds enough like how I would be that it's believable. (laughs) Well, here's what I can't believe. They like, he answers all these questions and then they're like hold on they transfer him to the fire department and he has to do all of this all over again sure hang on let me get the fire department on the phone to help you okay hang on just a minute she's rubbing her temples <laughs> because you know what i'm gonna get ads for whatever shit that I, on my phone uh-huh. things that i didn't even know we talked about today during this recording so if everyone's listening right. can we listen when someone says there's a fucking emergency <laughs> Please, if you're listening to us talking and you're going to give me a, a an ad for some couch or whatever, totally. could you not make the guy repeat himself even though I don't like him? God. Lonnie and I listened to the 911 call and we had trouble trying to figure out what exactly was going on in these garbled sections of the call. So we sent the tape out to an expert to clean it up as best they can so we can actually listen to what was going on and there might be a clue in there that tells us what was happening. Do we have to deal with Brad, the audio (laughs) quote expert? We do. Okay, you guys, we have to deal with this guy just Uh, for a minute because, of course. We're back to Jean Benet again. Jesus, this fake audio expert where nothing makes any sense and Billy Jensen and and Lonnie have to fake uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh and we hear nothing. I know. You guys, Lonnie and William Elizabeth take the tape of the 911 call. <laughs> they, they, they take the tape to this tape expert guy. His name is Brad Murphy. He's a forensic audio engineer. I know. You guys, he tells them about voice fingerprinting. What we're breaking down right now on the screen is... Um, kind of what we call like voice fingerprinting. So it's basically broken up into everything that attributes you as a person. Is a voice fingerprint as unique to each person as an f- actual fingerprint? Yes. So really? each person's voice print is totally separate from anyone else's out there in the world. Yes, correct. He's saying when when you look at a voice in a waveform, you guys, the waveform is like what an audio file looks like in like editing software. Right. He's saying that you can actually see what a person's voice looks like. And Lonnie literally says to him, are you saying that like a voice fingerprint is as unique to a person as a fingerprint fingerprint? Brad Murphy says yes. Absolutely. Fuck off, Brad Murphy. Fuck off. No, you know off. what you can tell? 
you could see like like a tongue click <laughs> in an in in audio. You know yes, what I mean? Where I'm like, I know what that is. I know, I know that's a cough. I know what that. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I know that's a sniff. You're I know that's a big <gasps> a big deep breath in. But that's not an audio fingerprint or whatever no, the fuck he said. Like, it would look the same if you did it or I did it. This is not science. It's not, no, and it's not a thing. It's exactly with the Jean Benet thing where they're also like that's what we call a confession module. Right. And I'm like, what are you? Remember in Making a Murderer season two, like the brain mapping that Zellner put us through. <laughs> Remember that? And, and we were so, like, trying to be on her. So we were like, she's just doing this to prove what we can't believe, right? right? right. She's not totally wasting our time in two and a half episodes of this thing. I know. And the whole other point of this section is that they say they hear him saying the words, hold her still. At about 53 seconds, right, um, we heard an audible, hold her still. <laughs> Meaning there was a second person in the room. Brad says with all the conviction in the world, well, there was a second person in the room. Bradley! Bradley Elizabeth! (laughs) Bradley Amanda! Knock it off! Brad points to another voice fingerprint to identify another person, but we can't actually hear him. But I'm also like, if he's saying hold her still, this guy is holding onto a dead body trying to cut it down from a rope. Maybe he's talking to himself? No. Okay. I mean, honestly, no. I was. <laughs> I also didn't hear hold her still. So what the fuck do I know? Right. It's the same thing where it's like, I'm just going to say this phrase. Right. And then like your ear will be searching for that phrase. Yeah. And look, you're talking to, I talk to myself all the time. Yes. Yeah. Like sometimes yeah. from the other room, Mike will be like, what? And I'm like, what? Who said something? <laughs> like, are we haunted? But it's me saying, if I just move this over. And I talk I to myself constantly, but yeah. I don't think I'll be screaming, hold her still. <laughs> I think I'll be screaming into the, into the phone. Get here. Right. <laughs> There's an emergency. Travel down the road and back again. Girl, you can take a break. Rafi's is back. You know I love to scream about them. Just go get yourself something to drink. You now have the floor. Oh, I'll get up and walk in my super comfortable Rafi's <laughs> shoes and get myself a cocktail. You guys, Rafi's is our favorite. They are super fashionable shoes that are made from recycled water bottles that you can throw in the washing machine. I honestly don't know why you're still listening and you're not just at Rothy's.com getting your shoes. They have bags too and masks. And masks, we just learned. Also, because that's where we are in the world. This is my favorite thing to tell people. The fact that they make their shoes and bags and masks and all of that stuff out of the recycled water bottles, to date, they've transformed over 65 million bottles into beautiful products. Oh, my lord. Yeah, those products you could throw in the washing machine. Did we say that 10 times yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Washing machine, you guys. You can wash your shoes. Because you're going to be wearing them every single day. <laughs> That's why we keep repeating that. You know that, right? Like, they're so comfortable. They look great with everything. You're going to wear them all the time, so you have to throw them in the washing machine. And the styles. They update their styles all the time. You don't see something you absolutely love? Check back next week it'll probably be there yeah because everyone's buying them everyone's (laughs) buying the styles you love you got to get in on it now i don't know what you're waiting for you guys check out all of the amazing shoes and bags available right now at rothys.com slash tco that's rothys.com r-o-t-h-y-s.com slash tco you guys style and sustainability meet to create your new favorites head to rothys.com slash tco today right now even get yourself a mask you guys just go and wear it i know (laughs) Cover your nose and your mouth.
Girl, honey is back. Hey, honey. Hey, honey. Speaking of honey. Yeah. I am in the process of moving. I have to tell you, I have never done so much online shopping in my entire life. Just prepping, replacing things. (laughs) And I have to tell you, honey is there for me every step of the way. Yeah. I have Mike in on the honey now. I was ordering one thing. He was ordering another thing. I hear him from the other room say, oh, my God. He took a screenshot of the savings because it was like 35% off. It was an obscene amount of money that we saved. You guys, this is how it works. You get Honey on your computer for free. You get it like in two clicks by going to honey.com slash TCO. And then it's just there forever. And then you save money by accident like Mike did. Yeah. So it's in your browser. It's a browser extension. So while you're going boop, 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 boop in your browser, the little smiley face guy comes up and he's like, hey, girl, how about I save you money? And you're like, okay, girl, yes. And then suddenly Mike is running out of the other room saying, look at how much we saved. I saved $38 once and I didn't even think about it. I know. It's unbelievable. I really do love Honey. I use it all the time. And the thing is, you guys, Honey supports all kinds of retailers. So anything from tech to gaming sites to fashion brands to even food delivery. Even booze delivery. <laughs> Mark my words on that it's one. It's simple. If you have a computer, Honey should be on it. Yeah, it's free and it works with whatever browser you use. You can get Honey for free today at joinhoney.com slash TCO. That's joinhoney.com slash TCO. I always say it's two clicks. If a hot dummy like me can do it, anyone can. It's true. <laughs> We are now moving on to Adam's polygraph interview. You guys, pull over. Pull, just pull over. Pull off. Because get a hotel you, room in whatever town you're the nearest exit to. Just stop. Just stop whatever you're doing because this. I need your full attention, honestly, because this is a real fucking sad state of affairs. So what's happening now is that like Adam has found the body earlier that day, called nine one one, and he has had in it like a full day of questioning by the police as he should and now he's apparently he's agreed to take a polygraph but we see him talking to the examiner as long as you answer each and every one of my questions with the truth you will fly through this test you will not have any troubles in here no matter even if it's no, when I'll I think even think about Rebecca I mean she I found her dead this morning I'll, I'll explain everything so if you ask me a question with her name in it my heart's gonna pound I'll explain okay. all that in it. it's fine I found a body today. I had one in my arms. Let me tell you, he is combative. He's angry. He's put out. He's annoyed by this. You know what, though? I say so would I be if I'm Adam and I didn't kill this woman. Let's say he didn't do it. He's being uh-huh. treated like a suspect. He is like, he's he knows that polygraph, like if he fails his polygraph, that's going to be really fucking bad for him. He's like, and he says to the guy, you guys, I found a body this morning. I cut a body down and gave it mouth to mouth. Why is nobody checking on my mental health? Yeah, it's interesting. We had two completely different perspectives on this. <laughs> Well, I live in a country where it's innocent until proven guilty. I don't know where you live. Oh, how dare you? <laughs> that is so mean. No, for you I to think say he probably did it. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, and and I, I do have in my notes, he's like, I screaming, I found a body today, which I have, which is fair, exclamation point. <laughs> I understand what you're saying, absolutely. Yeah. But I do feel like he's really like, you guys, I've been going through it. It would be more like a little warmer, a little kinder. (laughs) Instead of being so annoyed that they're asking him questions about his dead, like, might as well be sister-in-law. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I I totally get it. I'm just saying, like, from his perspective, if he didn't do this, I understand why he's a little bit annoyed that, like, he hasn't been able to take a shower since giving mouth-to-mouth to to that dead woman. He's a tugboat captain. They're out at sea for days. He loves that that B.O. slash salty sea air smell. 
Come on. So, like, we we get the results of the exam, and it, of course, was inconclusive. Right, and Lonnie's like, results are bullshit, but let's have a second opinion anyway. Lonnie, girl. And then guess what? This John Grogan guy comes in. They're bullshit, too. I mean, he failed them all. Regarding the death of Rebecca, did you yourself do anything to her that resulted in her death? No. Major fail on that question. Like, this episode ends with this polygraph guy just saying that, like, this is a fail, fail, fail. Like, anybody's first day on the job as a polygraph examiner would see that this guy totally fucking failed this test. It's an example. It's like, you're never going to get a fail as big as this. But here's an example of, like, what the most, like, the most failure of a failure of a failure of a polygraph. You'll never see this again. Right. It's that. You termed this as a bad fail. If it was half this size, it would be a fail. It's way beyond that. This is baseline right here. This is an explosion. This is terrible. Textbook fail. Yeah. Also, Paul Halls is nowhere to be found. He's off stage <laughs> saying, is it now? Is now the time? Can I say in conclusion? There's a whole other there's a whole other 40 minutes of this. Okay. I know. Right, sorry. <laughs> sorry. So episode four, final theories. Remember that Amy and Rebecca's family were like, there's a civil trial where they are accusing Adam, the brother of murder. Rebecca Zahal's family has always thought she did not take her own life. Zahal family attorneys say she was not suicidal. They believe Adam Shacknight sexually assaulted and murdered. So it basically opens with this trial starting in February 2018. And we get this on-screen text. I'm going to, I have some questions. We, okay. we learn the burden of proof in the civil court is lower than in a criminal trial where the prosecution must prove its case beyond a reasonable doubt. To which I said, hang on a second. Don't we like a system where you have to prove somebody's guilt beyond a reasonable doubt? What is the yeah. point of a civil court? I don't get it. Like, I just don't understand why we have that system. Rabia, how? Why, like, why is it there? Yeah, and also Susan Simpson is like, me, me. I know. Like, she knows, know. raising her hand. Yeah, Susan Simpson, how? Because the, and the thing about civil suits, as we've learned, it's all about the money and then the money never gets paid exactly. anyway. Exactly. It's an on-paper conviction, which I do understand like yes. I, I do understand the feeling of like I want it on the fucking record yes. that yes. that person's guilty yeah yeah. and so we're in the courtroom you guys we have this thing that is so fucking ghoulish our new favorite word we have what they call like a body double of Rebecca being hanged just like off to the side it yeah. looks like an actual human corpse like hanging from a rope and it's just there and like the prosecutor Amy the sister's lawyer is like over there like hitting it and like moving it it's very creepy he sees his brother's girlfriend in this condition. He doesn't come over here and check her, shake her, see, are you alive? What does he do? Fakes his panic attack, he calls 911. It's a lot. I feel like, I'm a very visual person, yes. but I feel like there's a better way. Yeah. <laughs> I totally agree. Could that be the last time that visual ever happens? <laughs> hey, let's go to a civil trial and we'll just like sue to make sure that never happens again and we just need half the jury. <laughs> Great. We got it. So April 4th, 2008, nine of the 12 jurors determined that Adam, how do you say his last name? Tugboat Captain. They determined that he is criminally liable for the wrongful death of Rebecca. Did Adam Shacknai touch Rebecca Zahal before Rebecca Zahal's death with the intent to harm her? The answer is yes. And the jury awards the family $5.2 million in damages. Right. 
And so, like, now we're back with Keith, the lawyer. And Keith is saying, like, look, it's very, very clear to me. Like, all the other evidence aside, it's very, very clear to me that Adam sexually assaulted Rebecca with, remember the handle of the knife we were talking about in the last episode? And he's like, well, it's so clearly him, not just with the knife, but also, like, the nautical knots and all of this stuff. So now it's 12 days after the civil ruling, and this San Diego Sheriff Bill Gore released a statement. Sheriff Bill Gore, who has stood by the department's initial findings, which did determined 32-year-old Rebecca Zahau had committed suicide by hanging, has now agreed to undertake a fresh review of the case. This, just two weeks after a civil jury found Adam Shacknai was responsible for her death. So the whole point of like Lonnie and Billy and Paul looking into this is that, yes, it's great that he's been found liable, but they want this to go to a criminal court. They've right. never had their day in criminal court. And so now this ruling in the civil case is forcing the sheriff to like relook at the case again, which could result in criminal charges. That's what why we're all here. That's what we all want. And it should, if you think about it, it makes no sense. If the sheriff is saying it was a suicide, but this one person is criminally liable, yeah. then the criminal case should be opened up because it can't be a suicide if this person is liable. Exactly. So, like, Lonnie and William Elizabeth and Paul, they go to visit Keith, the lawyer, in his office because the whole thing is, and I've been screaming about this the whole time, they don't have access to any of the actual case files. They don't have access to anything that was, like, that that was, like, actual, real, tangible evidence. But Keith has it all. From my perspective, he's probably got the the most access to the crime scene evidence, the crime scene information, the autopsy evidence, and that's what I need in order to be able to do an independent assessment as to what happened to Rebecca. And that's really what I want to dive down into with Keith. And Keith is like, you're telling me I get more airtime in this oxygen documentary? Come to my office, girl. And then, do we have to talk about the nipples? Do we? (laughs) We have to, right? (laughs) Yes, because they get there and Keith in his office, he's got what he calls the Zahau room. Well, hello. (laughs) Welcome. Come on back and uh, I'll take you to the Zahau room. Show you some stuff. Great. Great. Thank you very much. Which is like this like big office in the back where all of the like all of the evidence is. And so they're in there and they're looking at it. But like the main event here is remember that dummy that we never wanted to see again? Like the uh-huh. hanging fake corpse of Rebecca? Like the body double? Yes. Yeah. And like we get, oh guys, you this is so this is so uncomfortable. I feel like we're doing the birds and the bees with our listeners. For it's I mean, if we if we spend 30 seconds on this, it's too long. <laughs> right? Can we just do a quick yes. like a like there's a garbage humidity kind of thing? Can we just can we yeah. bring back the garbage minute for this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Garbage minute, garbage minute. Can Matt, we do let's this? go. Okay, here we go. So what they've done is they've done a complete replica of like the markings and like the and the stuff that was on the body. So on Rebecca's body there was some paint and there was some blood between her legs. But like Keith, the lawyer, keeps talking about how like the paint on her breasts couldn't have been from her because uh, can you say the words somebody had? Okay, I'm gonna close my eyes. I can't look at you <laughs> while I say it. Okay, he. Keith says this 800 times, but he was like, it was almost as if someone, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, mom, I'm so sorry. Someone tweaked her nipples. I'm so sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's so bad, it's so bad. So they did that, and then, like, that's how the paint got on her, because there's no paint on her fingers. If she had done that to herself, then there would be evidence on her fingers, but there wasn't any. And this, Keith is saying, is evidence that there was another person in the room who committed this murder as a form of, like, sexual humiliation. End of the garbage minute. Are we done? We're done, we're done, we're done. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> 
I got that girl. Are you okay? I got it. My watch is like, girl, you're sitting down and your heart rate is through the roof. Are you all right? No, girl. Rebecca, wherever you are, like, we mean no disrespect. We want to talk about this. Like, we're kind of just like laughing out of uncomfortable, like how we're feeling talking about this, but it's important to talk about. Yeah, your story needs to be told and you deserve all the justice in the world. And it it is, but it is a visual thing. And we are like silly little idiots for laughing about it. But but the, the point, if you do, truly, now, I'm gonna I'm gonna double down on it. Yeah. If you were to like sit at home and if you were to grasp your nipple, yes. right? Yes. There's a certain way it looks. Yes. Like if you were to put paint on it, and so if you don't have the the paint on your hands, there's like someone else had to do it. Is what and they're that's saying. the whole point. Like this is great evidence that somebody else yeah. was there, and this was some sort of ritualistic humiliation murder. Which like just saying it is like Ugh. right. Of course, no. Like that's so fucking obvious. Of course, right. that's what this was. Oh God, Rebecca. I know. Uh, I know. I know. sponsor this week. You guys, Feels is premium CBD delivered directly to your doorstep. And it's meant to help people who experience stress or anxiety or chronic pain or have sleeplessness. I used it for sleeplessness, girl. Yeah, I did combined anxiety sleeplessness. So it's this oil, right? And you put the oil, just a few drops under your tongue. And then honestly, within a few minutes, I'm kind of like, oh, I know this is kind of bedtime feeling now, right? Like it's, we're kind of time to settle down a little bit. Yes. For me, it was like instantly calm. And I have a sleep tracker app on my phone. So it sort of like lets you know what good of a night's sleep you got. I got a 94. My sleep the next morning was rated a 94, the highest, the best it's ever been. You got an A. (laughs) CBD got you an A. The thing is, you guys, if you're new to CBD and you want to try it for one of these reasons, there's real human support, you guys. There's a free CBD hotline to help you guide your personal experience. Yeah, and it's all natural, right? So there's no high. Right. There's no hangover. You don't get it addicted to it. You just a little drop, drop, drop under your tongue and suddenly you're like, all right, okay. Yeah, speaking as someone with experience um, drinking, I don't know, a portion of a bottle of wine and then falling asleep, the difference between doing the couple drops of CBD and the bottle of wine is shockingly different, you guys. Yeah, there are like 10 things that are different. One is very healthy. One has no hangover, no addictive properties. The other one has all of those things. Exactly. (laughs) I am team CBD. You guys, Feels has me feeling my best every day and it can help you Become a member today by going to feels.com slash TCO and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. Right. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash TCO. You become a member and you get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. You guys, feels.com slash TCO. I honestly can't recommend it highly enough. It's very nice. Yeah. It's a nice feeling. (laughs) I like it. I'm a fan. Same. So, girl, I have in my notes, Hot Daddy Paul Holes is back. Paul, who, who's been, remember, he's behind the big thick curtain, totally. hitting it on the side. Is it now? Can I do the in conclusion? Finally, the PA is like, Paul, Paul, we need you. And he's like, in conclusion. Yeah. I do also feel like Paul Holes would have been like a great high school principal. Like, they would have made a great movie about how inspiring he was. Like, yeah, the cool English teacher totally. who let you like free write in the beginning of class yes. and brought his dog to class. Just amazing. I had a th- a teacher who did exactly that. Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> so Paul has been doing his own analysis and evaluation of the evidence with his background to dig deeper into what we have. 
So Billy, William Elizabeth, and Lonnie are just like... <laughs> Hearing you say William Elizabeth is my favorite thing. <laughs> we're like, Paul, girl, it's the third act. It's the 11 o'clock number. Yeah. What do you got? Like, let, let's hear it. Norbert Leo Butts would totally play him in the musical. Uh, oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> when you steal somebody's money, screw his daughter or his wife. Uh, you don't think of repercussions as you tap dance through your life. Uh, Though you smile like you're a hero, you're an outlaw. But the odds are in my favor, man. One day I'll catch you. Go sneak into a Norbert Leo Butts is also where's the shit out of a blazer. Absolutely. I know. So Paul is like, okay, so remember everything I've been saying for the last three episodes? He just really does that in like a very nice PowerPoint. Yeah, because remember his whole role here was to be the one to come in and actually figure out if she was murdered or not. The adult in the room. Exactly. So he's he's talking about like uh, specifically about the bindings. Yeah. All of the images we've seen of the people doing their own bindings, Paul is able to like zoom in on it and see that Rebecca's bindings are different. And in fact, the way that her bindings were done, she couldn't have done that by herself. Moments like this are why it's important to have a team. We brought somebody in who noticed it, noticed we didn't get it right, noticed the sheriff's department didn't get it right, and can deliver that to the sheriff's department and say, you got to do this over again. So that's amazing evidence. We He tells us that the DNA evidence wasn't thorough, that I, I've said this in past episodes, but that like they didn't find DNA or fingerprints of other people because they just weren't looking. And because right. when, like they had deemed it a suicide so early on that they they were using little tiny swabs to get like biological evidence of Rebecca. So they weren't looking for biological evidence of anybody else. And then, you know, we learned too that like the blood on the handle, they are saying that that is the proof that she was sexually assaulted. The blood on the knife handle is extremely significant. Keith Greer had it as a keystone to his civil case. And Billy, Paul and I all believe that this is evidence that shows that Rebecca was sexually assaulted. And there's testing that can be done to easily support that theory. The sheriff's department still has that knife and they should do this testing. In my mind, if she was sexually assaulted, she wasn't committing suicide. If it was a sexual assault, then it absolutely was not a suicide. Right. So Paul hands them all of this on a silver platter. And then Billy and Lonnie, like, their goal is to hand it to the sheriff's department to get them to re-examine this case and do more work on this evidence. Right. So this whole section ends with, as they said in the beginning, Connie and William Elizabeth are going to take Paul Holes' findings to the sheriff. And we'll get to that in a minute. So by December 7th, a couple days later, Sheriff Bill Gore holds a press conference to announce the outcome of his department's review of their, like, 2011 and investigation, right? Yeah, remember how they were going to relook at the at the investigation because of the findings in the civil suit. So we're watching it. On July 13th, 2011, 32-year-old Rebecca Zahal was found hanging from a balcony in the courtyard of that residence. The investigation by the sheriff's department found no evidence of a crime. Rebecca Zahal's manner of death was suicide. Almost 7 years later, in response to the civil verdict and renewed speculation, I directed our department to assemble a team to conduct a thorough review of the case with fresh eyes. You guys, this is a preview for All Beyond in the Dark. Remember how many times we like watched the press conferences with Billy? And, and like Pat Oswalt in the hotel. Yeah, yeah, like in real time. So we're like, we're with Lonnie and Billy and Paul watching this press conference like live. In the like, we're going to solve this thing warehouse. That's where we yeah, are with the yeah, amazing yeah, natural yeah. light. And so they get up there and say to our faces, there's no evidence of sexual assault. Item number 27 is a steak knife. And in the inset photo, some discoloration can be seen on the handle. A theory offered at the civil trial alleged Rebecca was sexually assaulted with the knife handle of item number 27. 
However, no evidence of a sexual assault was found during either autopsy. What? And Billy Jensen, I have to say, is fucking all of us. He get, he leaps out of his seat and he's like, yeah. what? I've never seen him like this. He is enraged. And, and this is like no jokes, no bits here. This is truly, yeah. he is just like, what the fuck? And he's all of us truly in this moment because it is so obvious. It's been eight hours, four episodes in eight hours. Yes. Of like, it's so obvious what happened. And Lonnie is offended. This is the one of the most offensive parts of this investigation. They said it in 2011. I thought maybe by 2018 they might be a little more aware of what's going on in sexual assault cases. Yeah. All of our friends here are just as enraged as we are. And like this whole bit basically ends with Billy and everybody saying like they didn't reinvestigate this. Right. Reinvestigating this would be going back out and talking to witnesses again. Actually like taking some of the, the material that they tested in 2011 and retesting it in 2018 when the, the DNA science is better, when they have new technology that could actually detect new things. They didn't retest anything. Right. All they did was like pull their shit out of their files like do a cursory glance at it and say no we got it right the first time yeah because they can't be bothered it's easy it's yeah. easier to just let it be it's a lot of paperwork and it's a, a lot of caring about the girlfriend of some rich guy who has a lot of power and who's a fucking pain in the ass to deal with this guy's a bully Jonah's a bully yeah. he's a pain in the ass and it's easier to not care about Rebecca but fuck that we care about Rebecca totally and like the last major thing that happens is that remember the brother Adam who was found liable for the murder right. You know, he was back in court trying to get a new trial. And not only does the judge not grant him a new trial, one of the motions asks the judge to act as a 13th juror and review the evidence herself to see if there's enough evidence there that supports the murder charge. And she does. And she says there is. Yeah. I want an interview with that judge. Like, what did you see? What do you know? Just to like, to, like hit that point home, because it's we've said a lot in these couple yeah. episodes. But like the judge is saying there's evidence that Adam is yeah, like 100% responsible for this murder. This was a huge day in Rebecca's case. I mean, if the judge had come in and decided that there was not enough evidence for this civil verdict, that wipes out the verdict. But in her ruling, the judge said there is sufficient evidence. It's about being able to move forward and get this into a criminal court for them. As Mary says over and over again, she wants the murderer of Rebecca behind bars. And it seems like that would be an extraordinary enough thing for a judge to say on the record that that would open a criminal investigation. But it's just not going to happen. Right. Like, why does it not go further immediately? Because the judge says, now, hold now, wait a second. I think there's there's definitely evidence for a, a verdict of murder here. Like, why does it just end with that statement? I don't get it. And it just ends with like, you know, this whole thing started with Billy and Lonnie saying, whatever we find, we're going to take to the sheriff's office. And we see them walking to the sheriff's department with their stuff and I'm like are we getting another scene where they sit down and explain I'm like I'm looking at the time clock I'm like there's one minute and 27 <laughs> there's, seconds there's left 46 seconds left of this thing and I know <laughs> that like 36 of those are going to be credits so right, this got to be a really quick scene here <laughs> And that's it. That, that's how it ends. Like they turned it. They turned in their evidence, and so far, nothing has come of it. And it's like your move, San Diego. Let's go. Right. What are you waiting yes, for, girl? <laughs> Oh my God, you guys, we did murder at the mansion. Oh my God. 
Did we ever. Um, you guys, if you want more fun laughs, good times, come join Jillian and me on the Patreon. Over 150 full bonus episodes to download a binge right this second, covering everything from Fear City to All Be Gone in the Dark to The Vow, which is bananas. Bananas. Yeah, and sometimes we like hang out on Zoom with you. Sometimes we send you stuff in the mail. You get a after party. Sometimes you just check in. Don't forget, you're getting an extra episode this week, you guys. We've got Unsolved Mysteries straight through to Christmas. Every Thursday, we're dropping a new app. We're doing all 12 episodes in a row. Yeah, and you do nothing. There's no extra feed. Yep. I just really nope. want to hit that home because I think people are a little like, wait, what do I have to do? You do nothing. You just listen. You press play. It's just a little extra gift for you because we love you. Because it's spooky season until winter. Our gift to you. Merry, merry, exactly. everybody. <laughs> Girl, what are we doing next? We're doing Manson the Women. Do you have thoughts on this? I have 100,000 thoughts. Manson is like your thing. Manson was your gateway. Am I wrong? He's not my thing. He was the gateway. Right. Yes. He's, <laughs> he is why I'm so interested in the vow. Like cults were my intro into true yes. crime, Manson. But here's the thing about Manson the Women. Yeah. We see Squeaky like face <gasps> to face. And this is the first time I've ever seen her interviewed and like, tell me about your experience with the Manson family. Girl, she has not changed a bit. And that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> it is insane. Yes. So you guys stay tuned for the trailer for that if we can find one. <laughs> uh, our hilarious and ridiculous outtakes. Tell the people where they can find us. We haven't done that in a little while. Oh, yeah. TrueCrimeObsessed.com. That gets you the episodes, the calendar of upcoming episodes. That gets you all our merch and uh, uh, every dime of that merch is going to charity. We're at True Crime Obsessed yeah. Podcast on Insta, at True Crime Obsessed, no ED on Twitter. You are at Patrick Hines on Twitter, at Patrick Hines underscore on Insta. We're doing the whole shebang, at Jillian with a G on all the things, you guys. You said we haven't done it in a while, so I just oh went. <laughs> all right, we love you, you guys. Thanks for hanging out. Thank you so, 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 so much. We love you. Bye. Bye. I was a member of the Manson family. What was it about Charlie Manson that made these women join his family? I didn't have any family to speak of. She wanted desperately to be part of something. Everything was about Charlie. I never saw fulfillment and happiness in the people I looked up to. I'd say meeting Manson saved my life. I, um, I'm thankful. From my perspective, I was looking for a place to be a part of something bigger than just myself. That's a person who is vulnerable. It was hard to live with. I felt this overwhelming guilt, just guilty by association. Squeaky wanted to rebel. Charlie, he's the smartest person I ever met. He was alive. He had what I wanted. Charlie Manson and the family really changed American culture. He made victims of more than just the people that died. At the time of an arrest, why didn't the women say, thank goodness you captured me? They didn't say that. I didn't feel bad that these people were dead. I didn't even know they were alive. The horror that she must have felt. We'd like to think they're real different than us, and they are. Just because a person kills does not make them evil and bad. In that moment, a person has a choice to do something that is so against human nature to kill someone. War is not murder. Manson, The Women, a two-hour special event, Saturday, August 10th at 7 on Oxygen. I know. I 
mean just super <laughs> soups on brand. I keep saying soups. Yeah, I, I like it. Quarantine's changed you a little bit. I, I like it. Not loving it. Um, <laughs> I'm at work, though. Gotta focus. Like, should I just spill that tea? And I'm like, girl, you don't say that term. You're not allowed to. I'm probably not allowed to, but it doesn't matter. No, you're. So, I give you, I grant you permission. Oh, thanks. I'm just bequeathed. Good. You are bequeathed. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> this is a real fucking sad state of affairs. I'm sorry, I gotta regroup. She put the microphone down, you guys. I know, I got I'm sorry, my legs were cramping. Okay. And he finally comes out, and he's been waiting for... Okay, I'm sorry, did fine. you say that Paul Holes came out? On stage. Oh, oh! No, on to the stage to tell, to give us his findings. I'm sorry, I know boo, I have to really be... Oh. Paul, we're ready you know whenever you are, girl. Look, I, my favorite thing about Paul Holes right now is that he doesn't kink shame. Right. I love that about him. 